Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. Listen. Welcome to the Shoot the Shiitake podcast with me, Father Leo Padalinghug, a Catholic priest on a mission to bring people of all different backgrounds together to learn, to love, and accept one another. Even if we disagree with each other, we've got to be willing to listen to each other as God does with us and as God intends for us to do. And this podcast isn't about the deep and technical or even theological things of the Catholic faith, but it's more about how to make these a realistic and practical part of our life simply by listening to each other. And this week I listened to Jonathan Lutz from Winona, Minnesota. I met him after Mass, and hear his story about how he was not Catholic, became Catholic, and now he wants to become a priest. We're going to get into a deep dish discussion about that. And if you want to support our podcast, simply go to my website, platinggrace.com, and click on the Academy where you can become a member and support us by joining one of our tier memberships. And once you're a member, you'll become part of a unique online community, gain access to premium content and other special perks. But for now, please join my guest, Jonathan Lutz, as I dive into a deep dish discussion and we shoot the shiitake. Jonathan, thanks for joining me here on Shoot the Shiitake. It's a pleasure to have you. I know that this kind of surprised you because I just, after Mass, I asked you if I could interview you and you agreed. So this is your fault. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to interview you because you're a young man. And you made a decision to become a Catholic, even though you were raised as an evangelical Protestant, Protestant, just general. What church did you go to? Well, so originally, so I went to the Episcopal Church. Okay. And then when I was, I was about 16, and then I uh, I got involved with an evangelical group, and I started going there. Uh Uh-huh. And is it because your just family went to these churches, or? Um, No, I just got involved with uh, friends. Okay. And... uh, so, friends, did you grow up in a in a real Christian environment? Yeah, I I mean generally, I like mean we Bible didn't... believing and yeah. you know morals and all that stuff. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you become Catholic. Now, I don't want to go through the entire thing, but what would be some of the reasons why you became Catholic, and how old were you at the time? Okay, well, so I I kind of have like three reasons, and then there's a fourth reason that okay, we'll like just go for it. Reason number the... one. So reason number one, I uh, when I looked at the history, uh, so kind of what I what I believed about church history was that basically, you know, Constantine messed up the church, and then twelve hundred years later, Martin Luther fixed the church, oh. and I and I was kind of like, well, that that doesn't make sense, especially when Jesus says, you know, uh, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I was like, I. I kind of realized that I basically believe that the church of the the church the gates of hell prevailed against the church. Oh, so you believe the opposite of what was actually written? Right. Well, I, I kind of I realized sure. I, I believed what was op- okay. So history yeah. is a big deal because a lot of historical excuse me a lot of churches are not very historical. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, the Catholic Church is pretty stinking historical. We could trace it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of Protestant churches are as old as the pastor who made it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So history is one. What was the second reason? The second one, uh, so I was... I was very confused in my Protestantism. I I was, I I wanted to to know the truth, and I was very hungry for the fullness of the truth. Okay, and you know, and I kind of made it all about me trying to figure it out for for myself and my family, mm-hmm. and I just could not do it. Well, let me ask you: when you say hunger for the fullness of truth, I mean, how old were you? I mean, I. The journey I really all started at about 15, 16. Yeah, I mean, about. that's pretty ridiculous for a 15-year-old to wonder and hunger for the fullness of Christian truth. What kind of kid were you? Did you, like, not have friends? Did you—I mean, tell me, because that just sounds odd. Mm-hmm. Kids don't want truth. They want chicken nuggets and gummy bears and video games. Yeah, I know. Well, so when I, uh, my, my parents, they, they split up when I was nine years old. Okay. And so, and then also at that same time, I was I was bullied. Okay. And so I was kind of, I kind of was like left to myself a, a lot of the time. All right. At home. So um, there was something missing. You you felt it. There was a, a a type of brokenness, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. So so was that the second thing that you were trying to find something to satisfy what you were hungering for? Yeah. And I I guess I just didn't feel like my Protestantism, you know. Uh, didn't fulfill that just because I, I just didn't I didn't know. I, but they're incredibly welcoming people. Well, oh yeah, for sure they are. Like and the, that's why I kind of had a hard time when mm. I when I knew I had to make the decision to become Catholic. So what was the third reason? The third reason uh, it kind of ties into it. It, it was a th- the authority. You know who has the authority to interpret the scriptures? Oh, so scriptural authority. Yeah. And what was your journey with that? Um, I don't know. I it was kind of I, I realized that kind of like almost the last moment that really a lot of one of my biggest question is is who has the authority to interpret scripture okay um and then it it just kind of i I guess i I realized that it you know god i i I, I kind of felt like he just through his holy spirit moved me and i just you know i was like I, I knew it was, but the, I mean, the like church. Catholics in Scripture, we we don't have a great reputation. Right. Now, even though it's yeah. we are the authority of the Scripture, we don't have a good reputation. Right. So you had to go over, climb a pretty big hurdle. Yeah. To get to the point where you could say the Catholics have the authority. Yeah. And we are going to talk about what that exactly means. Now, what was the fourth? Well, reason? then, well, so then after I kind of made that decision that I I think God wants me to become Catholic is when I learned about the Eucharist. Oh. And it, and I was like. This is this is Jesus. You did not know about the Eucharist. You don't even have communion in your own church. No, you know. Uh, so when I grew up at the Episcopal Church, I mean, we had communion uh, every week. Okay. And so I mean, so the Eucharist was a big part for me when I was growing up. They called it communion, right? Eucharist or uh, oh, they did call it Eucharist. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Wow. Um, but what did they believe about it? I, I think they, they believed. Uh-huh. I think they believed in some sense of a of a presence, but I. I wasn't aware of, of sure. that belief. Okay. It was just, I mean, did you do it weekly, or did you do it, like, only once every what? So when I, when I, was, when I went to the Episcopal Church, mm-hmm. we did it weekly. Then when I w- became evangelical, uh, we did, like, monthly. Okay, monthly. All right. Interesting. Now, what were some of the reasons why you didn't— um, well, What would be the reason why you even came across the Catholic Church? 
So that's uh, that's a wonderful story. And I, I kind of think of it as, you know, that was the thing that also kind of kicked off my uh-huh. my uh, my faith journey is um, my father, uh, when I was 15, uh, he, he just decided to go to the Catholic Mass at one day and He's like, hey, John, it's nice. Do you, do you want to go, too? And I was like, okay. So your dad, who you lived with, right? No, I lived with my mom. You lived with your mom? Yeah. Okay. But we, lived in, we live in the same town. Okay, so. we, I mean, but they broke up when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were feeling a sense of loss, perhaps. I don't know. I don't want to put words mm-hmm. in your mouth. Uh, but you would have to switch back and forth with your mom and dad? Is that what you had to do? Uh, no, not really. Uh, so what I kind of did is I, I, I would live with my mom and then my grandma and then during the weekends I would visit my dad. Okay, so you'd hang out with your dad on the weekends. Yeah. Got it. And so just one day he said, I kinda like this church. Yeah. He, <laughs> it's yeah. kinda weird. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he, it? Yeah, I know. And I, I you know, there's like my my ho- home area is pretty, you know, Protestant. Uh-huh. And so there's just I mean there's just that, that stigma with the Catholic Church. And tell me about that stigma. I don't like, know. What did you think? I, I guess it was just, oh, Catholic. Oh, they're, they're weird. I don't did know. Did you know any Catholics? Um, I guess I did. Yeah, well, but I didn't know they were Catholic, though. So, but because, like, Minnesota's a pretty Catholic town. I mean, they've got a, they've got a city named after St. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> and it's pretty Catholic, but we're pretty far out. We're in Winona. Is it a pretty kind of Protestant area here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it is. But even though St. Mary's... University is a pretty big presence in this school, in mm-hmm. this area. Yeah. Well, I guess here, I think it's about, a th- I want to say, uh, it's like, a th- I want to say like 30, uh, here in Winona, I think it's like 38% Catholic. Uh, okay, I mean, that's so not like half small. Catholic, yeah, half. It's, it's not small, and but, so, but you just didn't think well of Catholics. Yeah, I guess in my hometown, there was, there's more. Got it. Yeah. And, and what, what, I mean, when you think of Catholics besides weird, what else did you think? I don't know. I, I mean... At that time, when I was fifteen, I was just uh, weird. And then when I get, uh, started hanging out with my evangelical friends, it was like, mm-hmm. oh well, they, you know, they they perverted the gospel and, uh-huh. and all, you know, and, and just all that kind of stuff. Okay, you know, they, so uh, you go to your church with your dad. I mean, why would you do that? I don't know. I was just like, I was like, yeah, let's try it out. At, at first, I was like, eh, Catholic, but mm-hmm. I I went and I was like, yeah, you know, I I like it, but I was like, I don't necessarily think that the that the church is true. Okay, so there's like a truth issue that you have to deal with, and you liked it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I always love hearing what were people's first experiences of seeing a Mass, because I'll be honest with you, some Masses are not very impressive. Mm -hmm. But you liked it? Yeah, so uh, what what happened is, so the the Episcopal service is very similar to the Catholic Mass. Okay. There's a little differences. Uh, and my Episcopal church was very small, and the Catholic church in town is, is a pretty big church. Mm-hmm. And so there was just a lot of people, and then the choir was—I I really liked the choir. Okay, so the music was good? Yeah, and then— I, Well, and, at least better than yours. Yeah. Okay. And I, I don't know, I just—you know, I, I guess I, I felt God's presence. And, and, uh. and it kind of goes back to the Eucharist. I guess I, I felt— Jesus's presence in the Eucharist, and I just, perhaps at least people weren't jerky to you. That's yeah. a big deal. Now, so that got you started on this kind of faith journey. Tell mm-hmm. me briefly, how, how did you come to make the Catholic faith your own? Mm-hmm. Right, and so, ooh, yeah. So what happened is when, once I got involved with those those Protestants, you know, there was that. You know, I, I still would go to mass with my dad, but then there was a time 
where I was just like, I, I was re- literally like, man, I don't believe what they believe. Why should I c- continue coming here? To the Catholic to mass. mass. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I stopped going to mass. And then at the same time, my, my dad was like, you know, I feel like I, I'm called to the, the Catholic faith. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. Dad wants to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I went to mass uh, when he joined the church in 2018. Uh, and and then I, I, I realized that I really missed mass. And I was like, wow. I mean, this, this litur- the liturgy, I was like, man, this is so beautiful. And I was like, and, and, and before that, I was really struggling with the, those issues that I, I was mentioning sure. before. Did, is this a way for you to get closer to your own dad, or was this? No. It, I, I mean, I, I definitely think I, I've gotten closer to mm-hmm. my dad, but it, it wasn't, uh, I had nothing to, to really do. With, I, I, I thought my dad was wrong when I was like, but okay. know, he's... So he he gets received in the Catholic Church. You show up at that very big liturgy, a big, Mm -hmm. big celebration. It's like hours long, and you were not bored. No, I I wasn't. I I really— Yeah, most people come to that, and they're kind of blown away with how much Bible Mm -hmm. is actually read. And so what makes makes Jonathan say, I want to be Catholic too? Mm -hmm. Because then you take another leap. Yeah, and and so I was like, you know— all these issues that I'm, I'm having between Protestants and Catholics, I was like, you know, God, I want to figure this out now. Well, because also I kind of, and maybe we could talk about it uh, at some point, I also felt called to be like a pastor. So I was really like, I want to... Well, that's the leap I'm talking yeah, about. I really want to teach people the truth. Uh-huh. And, and so I was like, okay, I need to figure this out now. God, where do you want me to go? And I was like, you know, if it is the Catholic Church, I will go there if you want me to. Okay, so you had this conversation with God. How does God answer you? Uh, I didn't answer me at first, okay. but like, literally, like two weeks after that, I, I was, I was sitting in my room, and I was watching a, a conversion story of Dr. Peter Kreft, sure. and, and he was talking about uh, why he became Catholic because he was a so, he was an evangelical Calvinist, which is sure. what I was. Okay, and. He was just talking about, and one of the things, you know, there's a whole thing with, like, justification mm-hmm. and, um, you know, how we're justified before God and, and grace and, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And when he was talking about, like, because... Uh, These are really technical yeah, oh theological yeah. terms that a lot of even non-Catholics don't fully understand it, mm-hmm. but justification by grace, because they basically want to say that all of the quote-unquote works mm-hmm. that Catholics do, whether go to confession, pray the rosary, you know, uh, marry the Eucharist, those would be considered works. Mm-hmm. And right. all you need is just to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and then you get grace, and you're saved. Yep. And it's, it's what I would call the uber-simplistic aspect of faith. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really help people in their faith life. But anyway, you hear this interview with Dr. Peter Crift, and you and say, I want to be like him? It, it, it was just like, I, I don't know. I, I just I felt like the Holy Spirit was just like, I, I, just, I just knew, you know. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's so weird. I, you know, I don't know necessarily how to describe it. I just, I knew I had to become Catholic. At, okay, and so what did you do? Know. Did you sign up, I mean, and take the RCIA which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is right of Christian initiation for adults. Is that what you did? Well, so what, what I did after that uh, is I, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to be Catholic. And then, like, 
I, I realized, oh, what that would mean. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, I, I have to leave uh, the people, you know, at, at my church. And, uh, and I wasn't, <coughs> oh, excuse me, and I wasn't too ready uh, to do that. But um, eventually what, what happened is uh, it was near the end of that school year. And uh, I, I, w- I went to church at my evangelical church. And I just was like, wow, I, I'm not meant to be here. Really? Yeah, I was like, I, I need to be over at the Catholic Church. What did you miss? I, I Mass. Uh, like you, okay, so this is a strange part, because you're a, you're a regular young man, you know, I mean, and most young people who are Catholic don't get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk to them for just a second, because I can talk till I'm blue in the face, which would look really weird, but if I'm trying to get them to go to church and they just... They don't want to hear about it. What makes you think that, well, I, I'm not saying that you would think this way, but what would you say to them to help them to understand the gift of Mass? I, I think it all has to go back to the Eucharist and, and Jesus, really. Okay. You know, <clears throat> you know, Jesus being there is everything, you know, it, it's... But Jesus is present in the Word as well, so I mean, right. you were getting Jesus when you were going to your own Protestant church. Yeah, but I, I that him being really there, you know, it, it just ha- having that opportunity to to be with him in the Eucharist and, and in the liturgy, it was I I, I knew that that's what I want. Yeah. I, okay. Know? No, I, I I get it. It's sometimes hard to describe, mm-hmm. but if you want to be a pastor, which is the leap that I want to ask you about, you want to become a priest. God willing. I, uh, really? So let me just ask you a few questions because you're a young man. What about wife, girlfriend? Right. Right. Uh, that was, that, that's, that's hard, too. Um, still working through that. Uh-huh. Um, Do you have one? No, I, I don't have a, a girlfriend. Okay. Are you looking? No, not really. Okay. And how do you think you'd be able to survive life without that? I mean, we're talking about no sex here. Right. Yeah. And, and, are you a weirdo? What's going on with you? Why would you do that? <laughs> People already think you're weird that you became Catholic. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I want to, I want to serve God the way that He wants me to, and if, and if it is, giving up, a, a relationship, mm-hmm. uh, with, with a woman that way, th- then so be it. God, so let God me ask will. you a couple questions here, just because. You sound like, obviously, you're a what they would call a young Catholic. Mm-hmm. I mean, as of this interview, you've been a Catholic for, what, a year? Not, not quite. Not even year. quite a year, and you want to devote your whole life to serving God. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you've always wanted to do as a kid, or is this something that's recent? You know, it, it, it does go back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so like back in, like, when I went to the, my Episcopal church, I would we had a, a priestess, and I was like, ah, I kind of want to do what she's doing. And I was like, ah, I don't want to do that. I want, you know, but like there would always be that kind of tug of, I want to be like, uh, like a pastor, you know. Yeah, you wanted there, to kind of shepherd people in yeah. a way. What do you think you would like about it? I I don't know. Just I I think that working with people and their struggles and 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 showing them uh, God's love and His mercy mm-hmm. it, that's. Well, you seem like a calm person, a nice person. 
That's one reason why I'm interviewing you, because if you were a jerk, I wouldn't interview you. That's pretty much the facts. But what qualities do you think you need in order to be a good priest? I think someone who, who can listen. Okay. Um, and and, and kind of bear, uh, if you need to, the, the struggles of, of, the, uh, of the people that you're pastoring. Okay. So a listener, what else? Um, someone... see i mean it's like name qualities if you think of a good so, priest someone who's kind okay so nice yeah okay what else uh, someone <laughs> i mean hopefully someone who knows his stuff smart uh, enough or at least educated yeah i'll take that what else how someone i don't know that at least those are the first the, fir- the thing okay that well, how, how, how do i how do i get this across because again the reason why I'm interviewing you, I usually don't interview Catholics, Catholics per se, but yours is a little bit of a unique situation. Um, you're a young man. How do you not make church boring? Sometimes it's boring. Uh, yeah. So how you do know, you how do you not make it boring? You know, um, it 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 is it is realizing Jesus is present there. It's like, you know, when, when I get to that, you know, in my mind, eh, it's kind of boring. Yeah. It's like, but Jesus is right here, and this is why I need to be here okay. because He's here. So, in other words, it's okay to be bored at church sometimes. I, I think so. I, I think it's okay. Yeah, as long as you're present. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, um, in your experience of being a young Catholic, what are some of the things that have that you've learned that's kind of opened your mind to the bigger p- picture of Christianity? Because a lot of people think the Catholics don't know anything, and we perverted the truth, as you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. But clearly, we kind of know our stuff. What are some of the things you've learned that have just kind of— opened your perspective? Hmm. I guess I've never thought of that question before. But I, I think, I, I guess in, in some sense, like, um, I, I guess I, I know, so I know where the truth is, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I, I understand, well, you know, I, I guess, like, I, I guess, I, you know, the background that I came in, I, I can understand where they're coming from, and I'd like to, you know, help out. Uh, I would like to. I just haven't got a chance to help out. Sure. I mean, but is there up. something about the Catholic Church that you're learning now that you never thought of? Like, I'm thinking, you've got the Eucharist. What about Mary? What mm. about the Pope? Oh, so th- those things. Uh, yeah, I guess going going into like like the authority. Well, you know, we have the interpretive authority. Uh, you know, and it, and it's like you know, you don't need to be like it, struggling in the corner trying to figure it everything out. You can come with us and, and be like, oh, I see, I see, I see now. You okay. Know? Uh, and then like with Mary and, and like just praying to the saints, I, I guess, uh, you know. Is that new? Is that weird? Yeah, it, it's it's new and weird. Uh, but like, I, I, I think of that, it's like, you know, I, I can, I, I feel like I'm connected to an- ancestors of the past. Okay. You know. Okay. Now, I mean, just a kind of final question here. For you, um, maybe two of them actually. Uh, what t- besides the authority in the Eucharist? Let me, let me just name something practical. What do you like about the Catholic Church, and what don't you like about it? Because there's a lot of bad news mm-hmm. about the Catholic Church. So I'd like to hear what you like about it, and get pe- get practical. Do mm-hmm. you like the incense? Do you like the statues? Ooh. I mean, like, what's the one thing that you just Besides the Eucharist and the presence of Christ, that's enough. But mm-hmm. you're dealing in a real world here. 
Mm-hmm. What do you like about it? Hmm. I mean, I, I, I guess I like everything uh, <laughs> about mass, but I mean, uh, to get... Well, because church is more than mass. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true, too. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, what, what I like, I suppose... I mean, do you like serving at mass? I, I mean, I, I do like serving at mass. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, and w- I guess what would you not like? What, what are those things that you just still don't agree with perhaps or struggle with hmm. i don't like i i guess sometimes i i still struggle with like some like the marian like language mm-hmm. uh that the church uses um i struggle i struggle with that sometimes especially i've been um doing a consecration to mary and to like reading like uh uh, Saint uh, Louis de Montfort. Yeah, Louis yeah, de Montfort. And how everything is you know, all for you, Mary. Yeah. And it kind of gets confusing with being a Christian. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you're talking to the right guy. I have a degree in Mariology, so I can help with that after this conversation. But final question: uh, You just met me. I offered mass because I'm speaking at this university. You didn't know who I was. You know, you're serving mass and all that stuff. And now I'm interviewing you. But the ultimate question I want to ask is. What can I do as a Catholic priest to help you, Jonathan Lutz? Loose. Loose. Sorry. What can you... How can I help you? I don't know. Just be open and welcoming mm. uh, and, and, and just caring and you know, listening. Open, welcoming, and caring. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, my interview with Jonathan Lutz at... Uh, St. Mary's University here in Winona. Thanks for joining me. When I come back, I'm going to share with you my carryout order. What I learned from this conversation from a young Catholic convert and possibly college seminarian. We shall see when we return in just a moment. And welcome back for my carryout order and want to thank Jonathan Lutz for joining me. I know he was surprised. He's just like every other young man, probably struggling a little bit with why a priest is interviewing him. But again, I find it fascinating that a young man who just grew up as a Protestant evangelical, you know, would go to mass with his dad and it kind of reminds me, fathers, you've got to take your kids to church. There's a higher chance percentage, and this is a Pew Research study, by the way, that if you are involved in your faith, your kids will more than likely be involved in theirs in the future. If not, there's even a greater chance that they're going to abandon everything. But so this guy goes out of the invitation of his dad, becomes a Catholic, and now wants to become a priest. And it's pretty interesting to hear that he has difficulty, perhaps in its his young faith, that, that he has difficulty articulating exactly what he believes. But, you know, as I was re-listening to his interview, I realized he doesn't have to explain as long as he does, because faith isn't about you explaining everything like a divine theologian and teacher. No, it's about action. It's about Christianity coming alive in you. You don't have to be convincing with your words. You've got to be convincing with your life. And I was glad to hear that even though he was honest enough to say that church can be boring, but guess what? It's about Jesus. And if Jesus is there and that's in your head, then you don't even have to 
worry about anything else. You just focus on Christ present in the Word, in His people, in His ministers, and obviously in the Eucharist, most importantly. And Mass doesn't ever become boring. I mean, fact is, life can be boring. You don't give that up. And if you do, that's sad. Marriages can be boring. But you don't give that up because you know it's Christ's love that's supposed to be working through you. So this is one of these podcasts where, you know, I get a chance to just meet a normal guy. And I'm grateful that there are normally that there are normal and good and wholesome people out there who are still being called. And it's been really quite an honor to meet with this young man and learn more about him. And then also just to realize that even though it's difficult to explain your faith, it's not about words only. It's really about living your life in a holy, godly, and heaven-directed way. Heaven-directed way. So I want to thank Jonathan Lutz for being my guest, and I hope that this carryout order helps you in your faith, and I hope the show does the same. And if you want to support us, remember, visit platinggrace.com. Become an Academy member, and that way you gain access to premium content and special perks while also supporting our efforts to bring conversions through conversations. And until the next time we shoot the shiitake, stay hungry. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seeing the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com dot app slash breadbox.